Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. When do I reopen? How do I reopen? If I reopen, how do I change my product? What customers do I go after? Are customers coming back? If they're going to come back, what are they going to expect? Do I make them wear masks? Do I, how do I do sanitation? How do I change my product? How do I make money if I can only do it at 30% capacity? And so there's all of these really big questions that operators are struggling with. And initially, we had planned a webinar for this. And then it just became clear a webinar was going to be completely insufficient. And so we decided to do a, you know, one day a virtual summit that would be devoted to this particular topic. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. Today, we're joined by a friend of the show. Most of you know him, Douglas Quinby. He is the CEO and co-founder at Arrival. And I wanted to catch up with Douglas because last week, Arrival announced a virtual one-day summit. Now, playing with an open hand here, I was a little cynical in my response if you're on our Facebook group. So I wanted to talk to Douglas to find out more about the agenda, more about why they've decided to open up a virtual one-day summit. And also, Douglas wrote last week that this, and to quote him, this ain't another freaking webinar. Now, Douglas and his team recognize much of the magic about going to an event such as Arrival is the beers you share with, with peers or having a coffee with someone who is in another part of the industry or having lunch and getting to find out about a new booking platform that's out there. That's, that's the magic. It's the... It's the the community, it's the networking, which is very, very difficult to replicate online, as we all know. But Douglas and Bruce and his team at Arrival have come up with networking virtual opportunities. There's themed roundtables, there's one-to-ones that you can book, the Arrival Expert Network. And we also find out a lot more about the, the content, because this is all about reopening and revival As our world reopens, every tour activity and attraction operator must decide when to reopen, how to reopen, and how to find that right balance to ensure a great and safe experience for each and every guest. In this one-day virtual summit, you will get exclusive insights from Arrival Research, hear from operators already open on what's working, and how guests are responding, and connect with industry experts and other operators to discuss, share, and learn to take on the challenges we all face and the decisions we all must make. Initially, this was priced at $149. However, 
arrival have listened. And if you go to tourpreneur.com forward slash 98, I will add a promo code to this, uh, to that link where you can actually register for free. That's for tour operators only. So uh, make sure you do that. I hope by the end of listening to Douglas today, you decide you do want to register. And if you are working, because I know many of us are having to work jobs right now to pay the bills, they will be available recorded. So make sure you do register. Also, you may be in, I know we have lots of listeners in Asia and Australia who are are, uh, as exciting as the experts are and the speakers are probably not going to get up at two in the morning, whatever it may be, to listen in. So you can access those recordings, but you do need to register. So without further ado, Let's cross over to Douglas Quinby. The world's only weekly independent podcast for the tours and activities industry. This is Tourpreneur. Douglas, welcome back to Tourpreneur. It's been a while since we hosted you on the show. Thanks for having me. And it's amazing to see how much Tourpreneur has grown since the last time I was one of the first. And now it's like everyone's talking about it. So congrats for what you've created, Shane. It's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is actually episode 98. Can you believe that's amazing. That's to see, you know, see what's happened in our industry over the past two to three years. It's yeah, that's great. So thank you for everything you're doing. I appreciate it. Uh, and the reason I wanted to have a chat with you today is you've launched a virtual summit on June 25th. And I wanted to share a bit more about the summit with our listeners. So how did this all get started? Most people would think, well, we have this, this little thing called the pandemic, which has changed our industry and so many industries so profoundly over the past couple of months. And so probably many people would think, well, as a result of the lockdown and our inability currently to hold in-person events, that we, like many others, are launching a, uh, a virtual event. And uh Uh, But in fact, we have been uh, planning on building virtual components to our in-person events uh, almost, you know, since we launched the first uh, event. So uh, certainly the pandemic has accelerated the the urgency, the need, but we've actually always believed that uh, some virtual component to in-person events was going to be especially important for the tour and activity and attraction community, and especially for this growing world of small tourpreneurs that may not be able to come to a conference, but could still really benefit from the networking and the connections and learning. So that's kind of a bigger picture, like where it's come from, but it's been in planning for a while. And specifically with this forum, the summit that we're launching on the 25th, it's really about reopening because, you know, one of the things that it's just questions that have been coming up. I've been seeing them in your newsletter, in your Facebook group. We're hearing this from all sorts of operators and in different ways. You know, big questions around when do I reopen? How do I reopen? If I reopen, how do I change my product? What customers do I go after? Are customers coming back? If they're going to come back, what are they going to expect? Do I make them wear masks? Do I, how do I do sanitation? How do I change my product? How do I make money if I can only do it at 30% capacity? And so there's all of these really big questions that operators are struggling with. And initially, we had planned a webinar for this. And then it just became clear a webinar was going to be completely insufficient. And so we decided to do a you know, one-day virtual summit that would be devoted to this particular topic. 
So looking at the agenda, could you walk us through some of the sessions and speakers that you've invited? So first, uh, I'm going to be sharing the results from our reopening survey, which I think many of your listeners will know about. So we've been conducting a, a pulse and tracking survey really since the pandemic forced us all to shut down in the beginning of March. And uh, so we've been tracking how the industry is doing. And then we added a component about a month ago to really understand reopening. So I'll be kicking off the event, sharing the full set of results from that, um, and then sharing that with the whole industry to really understand what the industry is doing and provide some guidance. Then we've got an interview with uh, David Shelp, who's the managing director of TUI Destination uh, Experiences or TUI DX, which, you know, I think, as you know, had acquired Amusement a few years ago. And, you know, originally our thinking there was TUI is also the largest uh, tour operator in the world, largest kind of package vacation operator. And so we wanted to speak to them about how they're reopening, how they're working with uh, day tour and activity providers um, but then, you know, we we saw just within the past couple of weeks, the news about the deal between Amusement and Booking.com and then a little bit of controversy around that. So I think we'll have a pretty interesting discussion uh, with David. And then we have two uh, short interviews with two operators that have reopened. And, and the idea is to hear, well, what are they learning and what have they seen? And the first is Roger German, who's the CEO of the Florida Aquarium in Tampa. So they've been open since May 10th, actually, for members, and then May 15th for the general public. Uh, so he will have had six weeks now of learnings from reopening and how their visitors have responded and what are the steps that they've been taking and how they've navigated some of the really tough questions around reopening for you know, a larger attraction. And then we have a discussion with Jared Baroque of the of Nightly Spirits, uh, who I think he he had uh, done a short blog post for uh, for you, Shane, um, about what he's learned. So, and Jared represents kind of very different. You know, it's a small a small um, pub and ghost tour operator operates in a handful of cities across uh, the U.S. So, he wanted to have this experience of a larger attraction and then also a small operator. Uh, and then we have some other sessions on. Uh, on marketing, on distribution in the recovery. We have a as well a discussion with two operators who have not yet reopened and some of the steps that they're taking. One is Stacy Schuster from Ripley's in New York, which is a, an attraction in one of the most, as we all know, one of the most affected cities and destinations in not just the US, but, but in the world. And then Carrie, founder of Atlanta Film Tours, will be talking about why they have yet to reopen, even though in Georgia, Georgia has begun to reopen. And some of the things that she's dealing with as a film tour operator and how she's dealing with her transportation or buses and how she's planning to adjust her product and her business. So uh, yeah, lots to talk about on the program. Sorry. And, and Shane, you should jump in and tell me to stop talking because I could go on all day and bore your listeners talking about the, <laughs> the program we've developed. No, it's it's not boring at all. I mean, I'm interested in who you have speaking because, and we'll get on to the price of this later on, but it's still a full day that you're investing, right, in order to educate yourself. So I think it's important that we talk through some of the sessions that are available. And I take my hat off to you because I was just saying to a tour operator this morning that part of our strength and weakness as an industry is we're so fragmented. So, you know, where he is based, he was saying he's reopened and nobody's worried about masks and hygiene and he's created pages on his websites, which are getting no visits whatsoever. I said, well, that may be true for you, but for a tour that's reopening in New York City, 
it's going to be the exact opposite where it's a hot spot. And that's how fragmented the industry is. It, it, there's no one size fits all here. And I like the blend you have. And that's why I wanted you to walk us through the agenda that this isn't attractions heavy or attractions led. There's something here for everybody. And I think even with the attractions, there are hopefully, because I know you're a skilled interviewer, so hopefully some lessons as well for operators that they can take from what some of the large attractions are doing as well as they're coming into recovery. You know, I think everyone has to deal with a question, for example, of, you know, do we do we make our guests wear masks? Yeah. And what do we do? You know, and I was having I've had this conversation so many times with with operators. You know, what do you do if you've got you have eight people on a tour and, uh, you know, maybe you've got a family and they're concerned and they they want to wear masks. They want everyone to wear masks. And then you have a few folks who who don't. And. I think we've all seen, unfortunately, how this issue has become politicized to a certain degree. Uh, and uh, um, but I think every operator needs to think about how they want to do this. And it's not just about, you know, what you want to do. And but it's how do you make your how do you make all of your guests feel great? We all we were talking about this in another discussion. I think we did the webinar together with with Peak about and the question came up of of diversity. I think all of us you know, in our industry, it's one of the great things about commerce in general, but all of us, like we want, we want to have everyone, like I want to have everyone come to my conference. I want large attractions and small attractions. I want large operators and small operators. I want black owned operators and white owned operators. I want, uh, you know, democratic um, <laughs> operators and Republican. I want them, I want them all. And I want them all to have a great time and all to feel comfortable and to be successful together. Uh, and that's and for every business owner and every business owner that you're dealing with guests like this, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tight rope that we all have to walk. Sure. And full disclosure, a couple of weeks ago when you announced the summit and I was asked in our Facebook group, what did I think? And I said, well, I'm not enamored by the content. It's $149. And honestly, I'm sick of virtual tours. I, I'm sorry, virtual webinars. And, and yeah. you know, at I'm sick of virtual tours as well, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, had, had this happened two or three months earlier, I'd have been all over it. But going through kind of the saturation point of online learning, that was my response. But yeah. having seen the agenda now, because obviously you filmed that up, I can see it's a good blend. And, and this is really relevant information for people in terms of reopening. Um, and also you, you revised the price. So it is $0, correct, for tour operators currently? Yes, that's correct. What was the thinking behind that? We heard a lot from our partners, from a lot of operators who I think had a lot of the same questions that that you did. What is, you know, what's the value of this? Is it really worth it? Should I, what is a virtual summit? You know, how is it different from a webinar? Um, and I think we're all figuring, we're all figuring this out. I mean, just like operators are figuring out as they uh, launch virtual experiences, for example, how much do they charge for that? Do they charge anything for it? You know, initially we thought we should charge. I mean, it, it costs us money to run the the event. This is not just a, a webinar. This is it's not just setting up a Zoom call. This is a it's a very robust platform that offers all sorts of networking possibilities, uh, as well as content and a lot of the discussion and activity around the content. Uh, so there's a lot to it. Uh, and but at the same time. The, just the fundamental issue was this has been such a difficult period for uh, for operators. We've all we've been in a period of basically what no revenue or or near no revenue since 
late February or uh, or early March. In some cases, in Asia, it's been uh, it's been a bit longer, uh, where the uh, the impact of uh, of the virus uh, you know happened earlier. So, you know, we just internally decided, you know what, the most important thing we need to do right now, especially for this topic, is just to open it up, get people exposed to it and, you know, and, and let's try it and, and let's help operators through this. Um, I, I will say though, we can't, <laughs> can't be free forever, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, for operators. So, and, but we're, you know, figuring, you know, this out and, but for us, you know, the most important thing right now is to help operators weather this difficult period, as I know it is for you and to help them grow their businesses. Would you consider uh, or I would advise you to do this is to mm-hmm. add a donate donate button so that operators go through the day. They've got a lot out of it and they want to give you something. Yeah, we've, yeah, we, I, I appreciate that. And we have, um, you know, we have thought about doing that and we may, I guess, you know, two things we've talked about this, I think earlier on, I think we had an exchange on Twitter about this. Yeah. I think back in in March or so when when Skift had done this as well and uh, and it spurred a lot of thinking for me and and I wanted to say too and I don't intend any criticism with Skift or anybody else I think everyone has to run their business in the best way that you know that's right for them and Skift has been for me an inspiration in so many ways they've done a lot of really innovative things around business to business media and events and research and different things. So, um, so I don't, I certainly wouldn't want to give that impression, uh, that I'm criticizing them in any way. I think, you know, for us, the question was, you know, our constituents, all of our constituents are not all, but most are small to medium sized businesses. And, and this has been, you know, utterly devastating for them. And uh, so I just, you know, the idea of, you know, asking for money just, <laughs> you know, just didn't, you know, just personally at the time and, you know, didn't sit right. And I'm like, okay, if, and, and look, Arrival, we're, we're not an essential business, right? We're, we're, I think we're, we try to be as essential as we can for the tour activity and attraction community, but um, we're not on the front lines and, and you can't compare that to, the personal devastation of uh, of of what has happened in in our world. Uh, so I, at the time, back in March, my thinking was, look, let's you know, if you want to donate, please donate to a charitable organization. I'm sorry, I I you know I've ignored all of your advice that I tell <laughs> all of my webinar attendees to shut off all of my applications. I apologize to all of your listeners, but I, yeah, I've got, I'm about to go on back-to-back webinars and I'm, so I've, I've just ignored all the, all the best practice rules. I, okay. So my apologies, but that's fine. So that's where, you know, so that's where I've, that's where I was at the time. Personally, I think we may, you know, we may do it, you know, for this event and, and I appreciate that, but so that's just, it's just the poll, you know, the, yeah. the debate, you know, that I think we were all having internally and, and frankly, myself personally. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Tourpreneur Daily Briefing at www.tourpreneur.com. I I mean, I'm a great believer that if, if you value the content and you've got a few quid and you can afford it, then do it. So for instance, with Skift, you know, I donate to them because 
they write some great pieces on the industry, but also I love their morning prod podcast. You know, my warm down after my run or whatever, as I listen to their three, four minute podcast every morning and it sets me up for the day. I know being a content creator that that doesn't happen by magic or for free. They have to pay someone to do that. So I'm happy to chip in. And obviously for, for those operators out there that are completely broke right now, I get it. But for those who think, wow, I got a lot of value out of this one day summit. I want to send something across to a rival to help them out. I understand where you're coming from. And even on the brief, you know, I did the buy me a coffee thing and I hated putting that out. I really struggled with it because I thought I don't really want to ask for money, like you say, from an industry that's struggling. But then we all have our own costs. You know, there's hours that you put into that. There's the cost of the mail server and everything else. And I really want listeners to take away that you need to fund your business. You, you've lost in-person conferences this year due to the pandemic. So you should be supported. But we'll, we'll cover that a bit later on. So I, I think you should definitely have a donate button. I would definitely donate to you if I got value out of the day. But I, I wanted to touch on something. You made me smile. You, you wrote a post on the, on the summit and you said, this ain't another freaking webinar. So I wonder if you could then share with us a little more about, so you've got themed roundtables, one-to-ones, arrival expert networks. So this is what we're looking at. This isn't just a sit on a Zoom meeting and listen. No. Uh, you've got these interactive sessions. Can you tell us a little bit more about the themed roundtables? Yeah, well, so let me just step back. I mean, just quickly, I mean, I, there's a section in that article where I, I pose the question, you know, how do you create virtual serendipity. I, I, and I think you've talked about this before, like the, the, the magic of in-person events and conferences, and for that matter, like travel, right? The, the experiences that we create, it's the, it's the unknown, it's the things you don't expect. So it's, it's that person that you meet on a tour, that the other guest or that local that just changes your changes your experience for the day. And likewise at a conference, it's, yeah, the content is fantastic and it can be exciting and you have all of your industry colleagues there and there's something electric that happens on stage. And that's a huge part of it. But then it's when you're all together later in the networking lounge or at, you know, at a networking event or at the bar or over dinner, and then you talk about what's happening for the day and you also, and then you strike up what could be a partnership, which changes your business. And it's that kind of magic and serendipity which happens at in-person uh, events, which I think is a real question. I think, you know, you maybe as a source of some of your original skepticism, certainly for me, uh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical about it, too, to a certain degree. Um, so how do you create that in a virtual uh, context? How do you uh, create some of that magic? And, and so we've spent a lot of time. And really, it's it's my team in particular. I'd like to take, um, you know, a lot of the credit here, but uh, it's uh, I've got some much smarter people on the crew. Uh, our chief operating officer, Bruce Rosard, Lynn Fetterman, our VP of operations, um, our head of registration and events, Heather Torrey, and others who are really thinking, okay, how do we, how do you create that kind of bonding and the networking that we work so hard to create in a in our physical events, how do you do that you know, virtually? So, so one of the things that we feel we have to do virtually is to create some, some structure around it. And so the, the roundtable idea is, uh, you know, like you see all these images now of the Zoom calls with the Brady Bunch view, you know, with the yeah. nine or 10 people um, on the screen. So what we've set up are, uh, these are scheduled topical roundtables, you know, think of them like if you go to a conference and you have 
topics, you know, at a, at a round table over lunch. Um, and you might talk about, you know, distribution, or you could talk about insurance or whatever, or maybe all of the food tour operators want to get together. So that was the idea. So like-minded food tour operators can get together on a session. Like-minded, we have a session for water sports. Or if you have transportation in your tours, we've got a session that's being run by John Curran of uh, Big Bus Tours to talk about some of the issues around transportation. Each of those are limited to 10 people. So and I think we've just opened up the platform to attendees. So you have to pre-register for those. But that's one of the ways to, to try to get like-minded people uh, together and to meet one another and to talk about things that are important to them. I really like that idea. I'm intrigued to see how it works virtually. I know Jessica Hammer at Taste of Toulouse, for instance, was asking about great to get broad guidelines on reopening, but I want to hear how food tours are reopening so they can join that session because it's a round table, right? This isn't someone's going to get up and present. This is a discussion yeah. between the 10 people on that session. Yeah. Um, so just, just looking through that agenda, you have an attractions round table, uh, working with OTAs with my old boss, Mattis. Yeah. Um, get your guide. Operating safely, small operator roundtable with Peter Syme, direct marketing, local marketing, website optimization. Well, Shane, we're going to do one too, right? So you. Yeah, I was keeping that to last. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Saving the um, last, of course. Good strategy. I, uh, yeah, I've got to talk about content marketing, which is kind of what I've been involved with for the last 18 months. But I like how this is broken down. And uh, again, uh, this is. You're overcoming my initial cynicism about the, the virtual day. I thought, wow, sat in front of Zoom all day. That's the last thing I want to do. But be able to jump into roundtables. Uh, I'm really excited to see that how that goes. You also have one-to-one sessions as part of the lineup, correct? Yeah. So, the, And there's two ways to think about that. So one is, um, so, uh, is basically uh, one-on-ones uh, meet, you know, con- connect with an expert. And uh, this is something that we've been planning to do at our in-person events. and haven't yet, uh, we're planning to do this year, but we wanted to launch it here in this virtual setting. And so this is a forum where, you know, an operator, you can schedule a 20 minute session with uh, an expert on a particular topic. So if you've got some real specifics about uh, how to implement certain types of um, uh, sanitation procedures, you can set up a 20 minute chat with John Peel from uh, from CNC, uh, for example. And so if you've got a specific question uh, on remarketing, distribution, local marketing, um, we've got all the experts there and their area of expertise set up and you can book a slot with their, in their calendar. And they're all, um, so they're, and they're all under, you know, strict, uh, you know, guidelines. They're not allowed to pitch, right? So this is, yeah. this is not an opportunity for them to, uh, to uh, simply to pitch, you know, to an operator uh, that operator can become their client, but it's to give them actionable advice. And, I, and and our view is, look, if they an operator gets good value out of that, and then they want to uh, spend more time and and get more from that uh, that expert, then that's something that they can do, you know, independently. Um, but this, it's so important. I mean, like you said at the outset, this industry is so fragmented, it's so diverse. Everyone is they have to answer each question. A little bit differently, right? For their own, for their own business. And so I, I thought Jessica's question was really great. Like, yeah, can we get the food tour operators together? Can we get the adventure folks together? And the so that's the vision there. 
And how do people register for the sessions? Because I know I'm looking at an app that I got via email. Can people yeah. register online once they've signed up? How does that work? Yeah. So once you uh, so once you register, you get an email inviting you to log into the app, which is actually it's kind of a it's it's not an app you download. It's a rich app within your mobile browser and or on your on your desktop, and you go through the agenda. And, and each session is, uh, is listed there. And you simply click, there's a calendar icon on the upper right-hand side of each agenda item. And you simply click on that and you can register uh, for that session. And you, and you should register as well for the content sessions that you want to uh, participate in as well. The, the virtual summit is going to be recorded, right? So if people sign up and they're in Australia and because of the time zones, they can't join, they're able to watch at a later date. Yep. Yeah. And, and actually the whole platform will be open for a whole year, which is also one of the benefits of virtual and why um, our longer term plan had always been to add a, a virtual extension to arrival events because it creates a, a platform where you can, you know, you can reach out and request a meeting with somebody, three, you know, three months after the conference and you've still got their information. You can do it, you know, directly through the platform. An email will go to them and you can set up a meeting. So that's the, the objective. Are the roundtables recorded as well? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I actually don't know the answer. So no worries. We'll find out. Yeah. I, I'm just curious because a few yeah. uh, running at the same time, the usual thing with arrival, right? There's so much choice. You can't get to it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but so, question. Let me, yeah, now I've got to find out and I'll, <laughs> I want to know now too. So the event is June 25th, 930 Eastern standard time. Yep. And Folks can sign up at arrivalevent.com or if you're out running or walking the dog or whatever, you can go to tourpreneur.com forward slash 98 and we'll have links to register there. Douglas, I have a ton more questions I'd love to ask you, but I know you're so busy with webinars today. I would love to invite you back on the show again to talk more about Arrival's mission as we get hopefully into post-COVID and recovery. You are doing good things in the industry. The amount of free webinars you've put out there this, uh, this last couple of months. Although I, I'm saying I'm fatigued, you've put a lot of free content out there. So when you say you're not like a frontline service, I think the one thing that's kept tour operators going through this is community and connection and being able to you know come to the groups and learn using Arrival Connect, your community and talking to other people. Without all of these in the ecosystem, um, I think a lot of tour operators would have given up. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, well, well, thank you. That means a lot. And I think the same could be applied to everything that you've been doing, Shane, through, you know, your, your daily news brief, all your podcasts, uh, your, your Facebook group, it keeps people, you know, connected with, uh, with the bigger industry and a bigger mission, which is, which is so important. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.